millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Money is what makes the pro wrestling world go round, but performers and promotions frequently don't see eye to eye when it comes to money and negotiating, and here we'll look at workers major promotions tried to force pay cuts on to mixed results. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, and these are 10 wrestlers who had to deal with major pay cuts. Number 10. Arn Anderson. During an appearance on Talk is Jericho, where he reunited with Tully Blanchard, Double A went into detail of the time he defected over to WCW from the WWF in the late 80s. At the time, WCW had promised big contracts to Tully and Arn to come over, with the two handing their notice in to Vince McMahon and making plans to debut for WCW. Ric Flair, though, would unfortunately have to call the two not long afterwards and inform them that WCW had reneged on the deal. Tully reportedly refused a new offer of 156 grand for 300 dates after originally being promised 156 grand for just 176 dates. Arn, though, thinking about earning a decent living for his family, reluctantly agreed to the new deal, toughed it out, and called Jim Hurd an arsehole. Number 9. Mark Henry When the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, came to the WWF right out of the 1996 Summer Olympics, he scored one of the most lucrative contracts the promotion had ever offered a rookie, a 10-year deal worth $250,000 a year. The WWF believed in Henry's potential with his massive frame and his charisma. Unfortunately, though, it would take years for Henry to finally click with pro wrestling, so much so that Henry revealed in an interview in 2013 that the contract he signed after his 10-year deal was for considerably less, saying, I took a 50% pay cut when I signed that last deal five years ago because I was looked at as a middle-of-the-road performer. Henry, though, eventually showed his value and worth to the company, first with his Hall of Pain gimmick in 2011, then around Money in the Bank in 2013 when he was doing arguably some of the best work of his career, cutting his renowned emotional promo on Raw with John Cena, where he teased his retirement, only to viciously turn heel and hit Cena with the world's strongest slam. It's still good today. Go and watch it. Right, now you're back. Number 8, Colt Cabana. 
They call WWE the major leagues in professional wrestling, where grapplers can earn a rewarding living for the craft they love to put on and perform. What rarely gets talked about, though, is that when standout indie performers finally make the leap to WWE, having learned to monetize their bookings and their merch, a lot of the time they have to take a considerable pay cut. Before he made the leap to WWE, Cabana had made a name for himself in Ring of Honor and on the indies, being a pioneer on how to make a good living without being signed to a major promotion. On AEW's Unrestricted Podcast, Cabana discussed his time in WWE and how it affected his finances, saying, Even before then, I was doing great. I was doing wonderful. I actually took a 50% decrease to wrestle for the WWE when I signed my contract. But I said to myself, this is an investment in my future. Yes, I'm taking a 50% decrease, but the possibilities to be a millionaire are there. So that's the gamble I'm willing to take. Ooh. Number 7. Brian Pillman WCW tried to enforce a major cut on Brian Pillman in 1992. Headbucker Bill Watts and Brian Pillman, let's just say, weren't on the friendliest of terms, with Watts around this time banning high-flying top-rope manoeuvres, even ruling if used in matches, it would result in an automatic DQ for the wrestler. Watts stripped everything likeable away about the promotion's dynamic light heavyweight division, which Pillman frequently competed in, even being crowned the first WCW light heavyweight champion back at Halloween Havoc 1991. When Watts told Pillman he was looking to cut his pay, otherwise he would be excessively jobbed out, Brian... Yeah, he was having none of it, rejecting the pay cut and instead choosing to be the highest paid jobber in the business. Good for you, mate. Number six, Ric Flair. Ric Flair famously clashed with WCW president Jim Hurd in the early 90s over money, and that would be the catalyst for Rick to defect over to the WWF in 1991 with the big gold belt still in his possession. First, Flair and Hurd clashed over creative, with Hurd wanting to reduce Rick's role, making him cut his hair and turn him into... The Zodiac Man, a gimmick where Flair would have thrown fast food bloody tokens to the audience at the end of every match. And then they clashed over what Flair was being paid, with Hurd demanding Rick take a large pay cut. Which is likely why Rick regards Hurd as the dumbest arsehole I've ever met in my life to this day. He's clearly never met Adam Cleary. Number 5. Chris Jericho Chris Jericho, in his autobiography, revealed that the WWF offered him a 450,000 three-year deal in 1999 to defect from WCW. The only point of concern, though, was that it was considerably less than what WCW were offering him to stay, which nearly reached seven figures. Jericho, though, was miserable in WCW towards the end, with the Goldberg angle he'd been hyping and trying to make happen for months going nowhere. Realising WCW were never going to consider him a headline attraction, Jericho took a chance on himself and signed with the WWF for a lot less money. Thankfully, though, Jericho had the talent to get over so much in the WWF that he always earned more than double and sometimes even triple his downside guarantee during his first run with the company through attendance and pay-per-view bonuses. He became one of the highlights of the Attitude Era, or what about the Attitude Era, as well as every other era that followed as soon as he debuted in that classic Millennium Countdown segment with The Rock on Rory's War. Number 4. Alex Shelley I love Alex Shelley, and a few years ago, one half of the Motor City Machine Guns shared some dirt on his time spent working for TNA in a series of let's just say revealing tweets. He would divulge he was one of the numerous wrestlers working for the company that had to suffer a crushing pay cut when TNA was suffering more financial issues 
in 2012. Shirley posted a picture from around this time period with Kazuchika Okada, Brian Kendrick and the Young Bucks posing with the X Division title outside the Impact Zone in Universal Studios, Florida, which he said they did as a total piss take after all of them weren't booked for that day's set of tapings. Yeah, I can think I can see the problem here with TNA. Giving more context on the photo, he noted how TNA routinely sent a runner out at the theme park to attract tourists to be audience members in the Impact Zone by offering a photo op with the X Division belt. It turns out the runner had no idea who any of the wrestlers were, which tells you everything you need to know about the disarray and disorder behind the scenes in TNA. Shelley disclosed the pay cuts and the way TNA treated him and his friends was enough for him to go back to school so he, quote, didn't have to put up with such moronic decisions controlling his future, financially or emotionally. Yeah, fair enough. Number three, Earl Hebner. It wasn't just the wrestlers getting their pay cut in TNA, it extended to all its employees, including referees, even its senior referee, Earl Hebner, who spent a lengthy 11 years in the company and was one of their star inductees into their Hall of Fame class in 2015. He couldn't escape having his pay continuously reduced. In 2017, Anthem Sports and Entertainment bought the failing company and they went to work heavily downsizing employees to get out of the financial red. It was unclear why Earl and his son, fellow referee Brian Hebner, had left TNA, but it became very apparent when Earl verbally laid into TNA for the way it was treating its employees and cutting their pay to an excessive degree. Earl noted, I feel like I've been paying them. It's been pay cut after pay cut, so I asked for my release. Some of the wrestlers were only getting paid $100 a day. That is a slap in the face. You're not wrong, Earl. Number two, Jim Ross. The WWF were having a lot of financial issues in 1997, with their competition WCW being at their peak in popularity and success. As a result of the money difficulties, many of the talent around this period had to take major pay cuts, which is the reason why J.J. Dillon quit abruptly. The WWF's long-time announcer Jim Ross was also subjected to the pay cuts and went into detail regarding it on his Grilling JR podcast. Many of us, he said, took a big cut in pay. I took, I think it was, a $30,000 a year pay cut right around 97, maybe right before that. Vince came in and said, basically, we're having issues cash flow-wise, and I'm asking the wrestling people to take massive cuts in pay. Yeah, fairly obvious that. Thankfully, the WWF would get red hot the following year with Steve Austin and Mike Tyson and uh, what about the Attitude Era, where the company made millions in profit and was able to pay its talent what they deserved. Number one, AJ Styles. For a lengthy period of time, you couldn't associate AJ Styles without TNA and vice versa. AJ spent over 10 years in the company, often being referred to as Mr. TNA. He spent so much time there, he was able to become triple crown winner five bloody times and Grand Slam winner twice. But AJ and TNA came to a huge standstill in contract negotiations in 2013 that would ultimately lead to his departure. TNA, yep, you guessed it, were having huge financial struggles around this period, cutting numerous talents from its roster. And TNA wanted to keep AJ, but expected him to work the same amount, but be paid substantially less. They wanted to cut his pay more than half. AJ, believing in his abilities and, well, knowing his worth, refused. He did the honours to Magnus on the way out and left a greener pastures with New Japan and WWE, where he'd become one of the biggest superstars the company ever had, with Vince McMahon eventually telling him, I wish I could have hired you ten years ago. 
Ah, what could have been? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.